Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 118 of the Speaking Club podcast. There was me thinking that after Brexit, we'd seen the last of the okie-cokie approach to British politics. But then came coronavirus, and the British public are back to not knowing whether we should be in or out. The only thing we're sure of this time is that we definitely shouldn't be shaking it all about. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, and thanks for joining me again and choosing the Speaking Club to listen to. Really appreciate it. I hope you and your loved ones are well in these crazy, crazy times. It was my birthday last week, so I had a lockdown birthday. But I got to watch the last Star Wars film which I've been saving. And I also got a baby Yoda, so I was very happy. But that's enough about me. This is all about you. In fact, this episode came about because someone in the Speaking Club Facebook group asked how they could improve their content flow. So I thought if it was an issue for them, it might well be one for you. I did want to point you in the direction of the Facebook group. It's called the Speaking Club Facebook Hub. And in there, you're going to get podcast bonuses, plus support from me with your speaking, storytelling, humour and content marketing too, and a community with like-minded speakers and entrepreneurs. I'll pop the link in the show notes, and it would be lovely to meet you in there. Okay, let's get into this. This week, I want to start off by taking you with me to the Gambia around 2004. My friend Laura and I had decided to be adventurous and let Hammond one of the friendly staff from our hotel take us on a tour of the Gambian sites. You come with me for real exciting trip rather than boring official ones where they rip you off. He'd been a bit vague about travel arrangements, but he'd promised to take us to all the best tourist destinations. Now on the day, Hammond said, when our bus arrives, we need to pay the driver your money and jump in. When it pulled up, our jaws dropped. The bus was actually a small van designed to carry eight people, and already there were about 30 people crowded on it and in it. Hammond took our money, thrust it at the driver, and herded us into the bus, giving us a gentle shove as we hesitated. Laura and I exchanged looks of concern, but as we decided to be adventurous, we both shrugged, or we would have done if we'd have had room. Now, this van made a sardine tin look spacious, and that the way the driver was throwing the bus around, it felt like we were in some sort of chase from one of the Fast and Furious films. At one point, he hit a pothole so fast, one of the people hanging in the doorway swung out and someone had to grab his legs. Laura and I were getting progressively more scared and angry, and we didn't know where we were going, we couldn't see anything, and we felt absolutely terrified that this driver was out of control. Eventually, our bus pulled up at the first destination, just as the coach from our hotel rolled into the same parking lot. Now, the guests got off this coach looking excited and cool, talking about what they'd seen on their journey. 
We hated every second of our 40-minute trip, and the only views we'd seen of the Gambia were the odd glimpse of a dusty pavement and a sweaty armpit. As Laura and I staggered out of the bus, frazzled, sweaty and scared, Hamin looked absolutely thrilled to bits. You see, bus with Hamin much more exciting than boring old coach with travel company. We managed to lose Hamin at the first destination by hiding in the women's loos. Don't worry, we'd already paid him. And we begged the travel company to take us back to the hotel. And not only was that trip ruined, the rest of the holiday was stuffed up too because we had to manage our schedule around not bumping into Hammond ever again. (laughs) Now, the takeaway for this story is that as a speaker, you don't want your audience to feel like the journey they're on with you is like the one we experienced with Hammond. He made a promise that we'd have a great experience, but he was vague about where we were going and how he was going to get us there. We couldn't relax and enjoy the journey because we were being thrown about all over the place and when we did stop, we didn't see anything we wanted or expected to. So making sure you have good content flow is a massive part of preventing this from happening for you. You see, content flow relates to the composition of your talk and how you get your audience from A to B. And there are some often overlooked factors relating to it that will affect the experience people have on their journey with you, whatever medium it's on or how long it might be. So this is going to be relevant whether you're doing a 15 second TikTok, three minute Facebook Live or a 45 minute keynote. Get it right and you may well win a fan, but get it wrong and you may leave your audience bored, confused and hiding in the toilets to avoid meeting you afterwards. In this show, I'm going to be sharing those factors you need to pay attention to so that your content keeps your audience focused, engaged and eager to take the next steps with you. So let's begin with the most vital piece of work you're going to do for any speaking and indeed any communications you're doing, the audience assessment. If you're a regular listener, you would have heard me talk about this loads but I'm not apologising for that because it's the foundation of every great talk. You need to be, first of all, clear on the problem your talk is solving for the audience and what they might think, believe, feel, say and do about that problem and the solution that you're proposing for it. And this work is going to give you a good idea of where they're starting from, where you need to get them to and what obstacles your content needs to overcome on the way. And the next thing you need to think about is composition. And this is where I want you to start thinking like a tattooist. I got my first tattoo at 35 and predictably I went for the butterfly on my lower back, which is apparently known as a tramp stamp. The trouble was that my hips weren't aligned when I got that done. And 10 years later, when the chiropractor sorted me out, The butterfly changed from looking like it had just landed to looking like it was taking off. Anyway, during lockdown, I've watched quite a few episodes of a programme called Ink Master, which is a bit like The Apprentice, but for tattooists. And once you've watched it for a bit, you get to see how insanely talented these people are. And also that there are loads of rules around good tattooing. And one of the things they always get judged on is composition. 
This is about how all of the elements of the tattoo flow together to create one tattoo that is readable. And that means you can see what it's supposed to be and from a distance too. That it's placed in the best spot, taking the wearer's physicality into account and that it captivates as a piece of body art using all the elements of colour, shading, tone and so on. And I think this is a really good analogy for the ingredients that create good content flow in speaking. So you need to be thinking about whether all the elements of your talk flow together. Will the audience be able to get the big idea and how it relates to them? Also, have you positioned each part of your talk in the best way to move your audience seamlessly to the conclusion you want to reach? And do you have the colour, shading and tone in the form of metaphors, emotion, curiosity, humour, pitch, pace, tone and volume to keep them captivated and engaged all the way through? These are all the things you need to think about when you're putting your talk together. Obviously, I can't cover all of these things in this episode, although I've covered loads of them in previous shows, so do check out my back catalogue. But I did want to focus on a few aspects that I don't think I've touched on before, or that I think maybe need emphasising again in relation to content flow. Now, the first of these is the segue. The first time I heard the term segue was when I took my first stand-up comedy course, And I found out it's how you link jokes and material together and transition between them. I loved the sound of that word and I thought it sounded really sophisticated. So I kept annoying everyone by using it as much as I could. Sweetheart, I'm not sure the way you segued onto the motorway was as smooth as it could have been. That nearly got me thrown out of the car on one journey. Anyway, the aim of a good segue is to make that transition between the sections of your talk seem as natural and seamless as possible. A bad segue will make your talk seem disjointed and awkward, and it also may confuse or lose your audience. So how do you do it? Well, here are a few things that I do. First of all, I have, uh, they call them connections. So let's have a look at the material connection first. One way is to look for connections between the material. Is there a takeaway or learning point that can link them together? Or does the story have something in it that you can refer back to in linking to the next bit? Maybe the protagonist has a flaw or a problem that's relevant. Maybe something happened in the story was relevant to the next part. Does the data you're using lead to other conclusions you've not spoken about that would make a good segue? Then there's the audience connection. So this might be along the lines of making a statement about what the audience might be thinking after hearing the previous section. And if you've done your homework well at the start, it will feel like to them, like you're in their head if you pull this off correctly. Or you could ask them a question about what you just covered and the way they answer it could set you up nicely to go into the next section. Lastly, there's the goals connection. So if I can't think of anything more creative, I'll return to the goals of the talk and confirm that we've covered what I promised and tell them again where we're going next. So the next thing I want to talk about for content flow are stories and gaps. These are brilliant for enabling you to keep your audience captivated and engaged. 
Stories will allow you to use emotion plus all of the language and performance tricks that will captivate your audience. And using gaps to break up your stories and leaving your audience on a cliffhanger before you return to it later on will help keep your audience focused and will show them that you're in control and that will give them reassurance too. The next thing I want to cover that will help you with the audience experience of the journey is getting your audience to commit. Let me give you another tattooing based example to illustrate what I mean. At each key stage of the process from ideas to design to applying the stencil to the body to the final unveiling to tattooers on the Ink Master show ask their client a question that commits them to the process. With every affirmation, psychologically, they're investing in the tattoo and they feel like a co-contributor. And this sort of buy-in has resulted in some clients on that show defending the most awful, ugly tattoos as if they were works of art. And I think getting the audience commitment at important parts of the journey you're taking them through is a good tool too. But caveat here, I'm not talking about asking obvious, superficial and annoying questions every five minutes and then raising your hand to encourage the audience to do the same. That really winds me up. No, I'm talking about questions that get them to reflect and commit internally. Because I believe that our work as speakers and storytellers is to be a catalyst for the deep perspective and belief shifts that people might actually feel uncomfortable raising their hand and sharing about. But the questions we ask can get them to recognize internally that something has changed. Okay, so last thing I wanted to mention in relation to content flow is the need for you to get to a resolution. I know on one episode of the show, I talked about a film I watched that after about an hour and a half of investing my energy and time in it, they basically left everything undone and nothing resolved and I felt completely cheated. And if the topic and nature of your talk can legitimately leave questions and problems unresolved, then fine. But most times, audiences are going to feel shortchanged and disturbed if you don't close the loops that you've opened with the stories, statements or questions that you use. Okay, so there you have it. Some tips on how to have good content flow and your takeaways for this episode are you are responsible for the experience your audience will have on the journey they take with you. So make sure you keep them the focus at all times. That being said, make sure you consider where they're starting from and where you want to get them to and the blocks that you might have to overcome in between. Make sure all the elements of the talk flow together in a way that helps your audience get your big idea and how it relates to them. Position each part of your talk in the best way to move your audience seamlessly to the destination you want to take them to. Make sure you add in the colour, the shading and tone to keep your talk captivating and engaging all the way through. And use those three connection tips I gave you for material, audience and goals to create smooth segues that build momentum and the audience's confidence in you. Use stories and gaps to create more focus and engagement facilitate the audience's internal commitment to your solution at key points of the journey. And finally, 
If you're ever in the Gambia and someone at your hotel is called Hamin offers to take you on a tour, don't do it. That's my last takeaway. Okay, so, well, hopefully, I, I hope you found that useful. Thank you so much again for choosing The Speaking Club. And if you did enjoy the show, I would absolutely love it if you could leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It genuinely means the world to me. If you're not subscribed to the show, make sure you do so you don't miss out on the great ones we've got coming up. And lastly, you take care. Have a fab weekend. Stay safe. But make sure you still go out metaphorically grab your life by the nuts and get cracking bye bye if you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd then you'll want to grab your copy of my book straight to the top it will help you clarify your usp your business story who your target market is and what will make them buy you'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free, plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling. Go to standoutpitch.com today.